Tony Campolo here. The name of this show is From Across the Pond. And you know why we call it From Across the Pond? It's because we put the show together in St. David's, Pennsylvania, here in the United States. That is on the other side of the Great Pond, the Atlantic Ocean. And we're here every week at this time, and we try to bring interesting guests on the show for you to listen to and interact with as you uh, tune in to the show. Unfortunately, the only guest that is in the studio right now is the engineer who is working at the computer and trying to make sure that this program uh, comes across with efficiency, with clarity, and uh, with effectiveness. So thank uh, none other than my uh, personal assistant for the work that he's doing to keep this show on the air. Well, we have no guests, but I have a lot of things to talk about. I made a comment a couple of weeks ago that uh, actually stirred up interest uh, as never before in my show. I got calls. I got uh, emails. It was interesting. Um, I made a point out of the fact that the uh, Chinese government is putting Muslims in concentration camps. They see Islam as a major threat to the uh, Chinese political system. And so uh, they put them in these concentration camps. They call them re-education camps. But many, many Muslims have died because of the mistreatment that they experience in these concentration camps. Uh, You say, well, how many are there uh, in these concentration camps? Well, the scholars that I was uh, gathering the information estimate that there are at least 3 million Muslims in concentration camps in China. You know, when they started arresting Jewish people in Nazi Germany, when they started putting Jews in concentration camps, we weren't even aware of what was going on. As a matter of fact, I I went to school with uh, Jewish students. When I say with, I mean, I was the minority. Um, In my class of 40 students, I think there were only three of us that weren't Jewish. So I was among Jewish people uh, as I was going through school. And it wasn't until the tail end of uh, my time uh, as a youngster growing up that I realized, and these Jewish students realized, of what was happening to Jewish people in Nazi Germany. They, they had heard that they were being rounded up and put in camps. Uh, they had heard about persecution of Jewish people, but they had no idea as the extent of the Holocaust until late in World War II when these uh, concentration camps were, quote-unquote, liberated by allies, by uh, soldiers from Britain and the United States and Russia. We came sweeping into these camps, and what we found horrified us. And then we learned that up to 6 million Jews had been put to death in these concentration camps. We were horrified, and... and uh, the Jewish community is big on saying, let this never happen again. Never again, they keep yelling. Never again. Well, we didn't speak up for the Jews. And I I always remember a great line of Dietrich Bonhoeffer, the uh, Christian theologian martyr uh, who uh, died in a concentration camp. He was a Christian theologian, but his opposition to the uh, Nazi regime got him into a concentration camp and eventually killed on the eve of liberation. But Dietrich Bonhoeffer said, those who do not speak out for the Jews have no right 
to chant Gregorian. You say, what does that mean? Well, you know, in, in the Catholic Mass, they chant, and uh, in some places they uh, chant in, a, in accord with a Mass that was written by the Gregorian wing of the Catholic Church. And so the comment, if you go to church and chant Gregorian, you have no right to do that unless you are able to stand up and speak out on behalf of the Jews. In short, for all Christians, you have no right to go to church and sing hymns if you're not willing to stand up for the oppressed. That was his message. Well, now the oppressed group are not the Jews, but the Muslims, and they are suffering greatly uh, in China today. Um, Three million of them in concentration camps. And uh, I haven't heard a peep from the Christian community up to this point. Interestingly enough, the one group that is speaking out on behalf of the Muslims who are in concentration camps in, uh, in, uh, in China are Jewish people. Uh, my good friend, and he is my good friend, Rabbi Michael Lerner, who publishes Takum Magazine, a great social justice magazine put out by uh, progressive Jewish leaders. Uh, he, he's the one that's been uncovering this stuff and has been writing up the st- facts and figures in his magazine, Takum, spelled T-I-K-K-U-M. Uh, it, it basically refers to peace, shalom, the kingdom of God. So uh, please uh, uh, consider this question. Should we do more research into what's happening to, uh, to Muslims in China? You say, but they're not Christians, and in many instances they stand opposed to Christianity. That's right. They may, in fact, stand opposed to Christianity, but they're God's children, and God loves Muslims. I I hope this doesn't upset you too much, every bit as much as he loves Jews and he loves Christians. So let's stand up for one another. Let's speak out for those whose voices are being silenced. Um, And so we have this reality. But they're not the only people that are being persecuted these days. Uh, Consider this. Consider that... uh, that the Rohingya refugees fleeing Burma are gathering by the hundreds of thousands in Bangladesh living in refugee camps. Uh, We have a situation where the Burmese government is persecuting almost everybody who isn't a Buddhist. So it's not just Christians, it's not just Jews. The Buddhists in Burma are persecuting the Rohingya uh, refugees, most of whom are Muslim, but many of them are Christians. Um, and uh, I haven't heard much about them. In short, uh, the American Christians and the British Christians have this in common. Uh, we ha- are outraged when anything happens to our own people, but we often fail to speak out for those who are not our own people. And when Jesus gave the great commandment, he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength, with your soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. And when they asked him, who in is my neighbor? He didn't say Jewish people are your neighbors. He said, Samaritans are your neighbors. You know the story of the Good Samaritan. This group of people who are in a different religious mindset than yours, these people who come from a a different uh, tribal identity than yours, love them, 
love them as you love yourself. And so as we're called to love our neighbors, we're called to love our Muslim neighbors, we're called to love our Buddhist neighbors, we're called to love our Jewish neighbors. And if we don't love our neighbors as we love ourselves, we can't call ourselves children of God because children of God love the people that God loves, and God loves all of these people. Be aware of this. Uh, If you want to know more about uh, these uh, concentration camps in China, write to me. I teach at Eastern University in St. David's, Pennsylvania. Uh, You can go to the website, redletterchristians.org. My name and my address is listed there. You can write to me. You can contact me. Or you can go to my own website. It's... uh, it's TonyCampolo.org. That might be the better place to go, uh, TonyCampolo.org. However, on these shows, <coughs> we promote Red Letter Christianity. This is a movement which was created over five years ago here in the United States. It's a movement that gives <coughs> a new label to those who adhere to the essential teachings of the Christian faith. Red Letter Christians believe the Bible was inspired by the Holy Spirit, that those who wrote the scriptures were imbued by the Spirit of God to write things, to edify us, to lift us up, to give us a revelation of God and what God is doing in history. We believe the scriptures Red Letter Christians believe in each of the doctrines of the Apostles' Creed. We make one correction, however. You say you're correcting the Apostles' Creed? Uh, Yes, the Catholic theologian Richard Rohr says, I'm upset by the comma. You say, what does that mean, upset by the comma? If you recite the Apostles' Creed, you come to that point where it talks about Jesus, and it says, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified dead and buried. That's it. Um, Born of the Virgin Mary, and then he suffers under Pontius Pilate. Uh, There's a comma that separates those two statements. Well, what about the 32 years in which he did his teachings? Uh, When we call ourselves red-letter Christians, we are referring to the fact that in many of the old Bibles, the words of Jesus are highlighted with red letters. And those teachings of Jesus, which are highlighted with those red letters, are essential for those of us who want to become followers of Jesus. The early Christians did not call themselves Christians, interestingly enough. They were first called Christians in the city of Antioch. Prior to that, they called themselves people of the way. They meant by that, we are going to live the way that Jesus told us to live. And if you want to know the ways that Jesus taught us to live, uh, go to a Bible that has red letters. You say, well, my Bible doesn't have red letters. That's okay. Go to the 5th, 6th, and 7th chapters of Matthew. 5th, 6th, and 7th chapters of Matthew, the Sermon on the Mount. The Sermon on the Mount summarizes all the elements of the lifestyle that Jesus prescribes for his followers. Here's what Jesus says. You're my disciples if you do whatsoever I command you. Go to the Sermon on the Mount, 5th, 6th, 7th chapters of Matthew. Find out what he instructs us to do. Read about the kind of people he expects us to be. 
and become those people. You say, wait a minute, I've read the Sermon on the Mount. It's too hard for anybody to live out. Turn the other cheap, give your money to the poor, uh, love your enemies, overcome evil with good. Come on now, you don't expect us really to live out that radical stuff that Jesus taught? Uh, I say I do. I think that Jesus expects us to follow his teachings. You say, but it's impossible. Interesting that you should say that. In the 10th chapter of Mark, you will say, Jesus says, I know it's impossible, but with God's help, it is possible. In short, to be a Christian is not just to believe the orthodox doctrines of the Christian faith. Uh, That's where we've been for a long time, arguing over doctrine. But in addition to doctrine, Christians are also people who espouse a lifestyle. A lifestyle. To do the things that Jesus calls us to do requires that we go to those red letters of the Bible. In many of the old Bibles, the words of Jesus, the teachings of Jesus are highlighted in red letters. Read them. You say, well, I I don't have a Bible that has red letters, as I just said a a moment or so ago. Uh, Go to a regular Bible and read the fifth sixth, and seventh chapter of chapters of, of Matthew, the Sermon on the Mount, which in many respects is a summation of everything that Jesus is going to teach us in the rest of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. This is Tony Campolo. The name of the show is From Across the Pond. Uh, I call it that for a very simple reason. That reason is we put the show together uh, at uh, Cabrini University that gives us their studios to record these programs. And uh, because uh, Cabrini sits right across the road from Eastern University. Uh, Cabrini is a Catholic university. Eastern is a, an evangelical school. We're about the same size. They have about 1,500 undergraduate students. We have about 1,500 undergraduate students. Uh, we uh, have great games when our teams have to face each other on the soccer field or on the basketball court or on the lacrosse court. Let me just say, uh, I have to take my hat off to Cabrini. Uh, This year, they just finished winning the national championship in Division Three of NCAA, National Collegiate Athletic Association, Division Three. They are the national champions. Hundreds and hundreds of universities fall into the Division Three category. And they're the champions of them all. Congratulations, Cabrini. And thanks for letting us use your studio to put this program out across the pond to our people, not only in the United Kingdom, but via our uh, podcast. Uh, you, you can find us and go to, uh, go to redletterchristians.org and look up the podcast for Across the Pond. It's there, and you can not only get this program— But you can get former programs. You can get all the programs we've ever done by going to uh, the podcast, as you'll find it on redletterchristians.org. The engineer for this show is saying iTunes also carries uh, this program. So uh, thanks, uh, Cabrini, for all that you do to make Across the Pond uh, possible. As we come to the last uh, few minutes of this show, I want to tell you some things that I have uh, heard uh, uh, about uh, about Christianity from very important people. I'll go to an ancient source, St. Augustine. 
St. Augustine once said, this is going to come as a shock. Listen to it carefully. And then don't turn off the radio until you hear my uh, explanation of the statement. St. Augustine, back uh, hundreds of years ago, said, the church is a whore, but she's my mother. What a statement. The church is a whore, but she's my mother. What in the world did he mean by that? Well, a whore is somebody who is unfaithful. And uh, St. Augustine is saying, look at the church. It's been unfaithful. It hasn't been faithful to the teachings of Jesus. The teachings recorded in those red letters of the old Bible, the teachings of Jesus is recorded in the Sermon on the Mount. It hasn't been faithful. It's supposed to be the bride of Christ. The church is supposed to be married to Jesus. But too often, it's become more committed to materialism of the culture than it is to the austerity of the teachings of Jesus. Uh, The church has not been faithful in evangelism. He told us to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And I ask you a very simple question. Have you been witnessing for Jesus? And how have the people in your church been witnessing for Jesus? Uh, Do we bring people into the church because we've witnessed and told them about the salvation story of how Jesus is their Savior, died on the cross to deliver them from the punishment of their sins, came in the world to create a new social order, the kingdom of God, where righteousness and justice will prevail. Are you an agent of God's kingdom? Are you working for justice in society? Are you winning people to Jesus Christ as Lord, Savior, and God? Or have you been unfaithful? So when, in fact, uh, he says the church is a whore, that's what he's referring to. We've been unfaithful. But listen to the next part of the line, but she's my mother. Please remember, for all the faults of the church, you wouldn't be a Christian if it wasn't for the church. You wouldn't have the Gospels if it wasn't for the church. It's the church that has preserved the New Testament and the Hebrew Bible and brought it to us down through the centuries. It's the church that has continued to perpetuate the faith that you as a Christian may hold dear, and I certainly hold dear. If it wasn't for the church, you wouldn't be a Christian, I wouldn't be a Christian. So she's our mother. She's given us our life. Uh, Our birth in the faith is due to the church but the church has not been as faithful to its husband, namely Jesus himself, as we should be. So that famous line by St. Augustine, the church is a whore, but she's my mother. Here's another quote that I think you'll find interesting. It comes from a a great American humorist and author, Mark Twain. Uh, He's perhaps the most famous of our 19th century uh, writers, Uh, He's a humorist in so many ways. Um, Mark Twain says, uh, uh, it's not the things in the Bible that I don't understand that bother me. It's the things in the Bible that I do understand that bother me. Indeed, that's the way it is with me. We can argue over this passage and that passage, but there are certain things that are so clear uh, that you can't evade what they're saying to us. And what they say is, turn the other cheek, love your enemies, overcome evil with good. Here's what it says. It says, take your money and give it to the poor. Uh, Sell what you have and give the money to the poor. Jesus says these things. And when he says, love your enemies, he probably means we shouldn't kill them. All the Anabaptists, you know, the Mennonites and, and the Amish, they love that because 
they are pacifists, and they don't understand why the rest of the church isn't pacifist. Uh, It should be noted, and there's not a scholar out there that will disagree with me on this one, the early Christians from the time of Jesus up until the time of Constantine were all pacifists. They refused to be part of militaristic killings. They were not engaged in in violence on the battlefield. Uh, So it was that the early Christians, they may have been soldiers, but they said you can serve in the military, but you can't serve as a combatant. The early Christians were all pacifists, and the Amish and the Mennonites uh, and the Brethren in Christ groups here in the United States all say to the rest of us, how come you're not pacifists? The early church was, those who understood Jesus because they were closest to him understood uh, what he was saying about loving our enemies. Why don't you do what Jesus calls upon us to do? To pick up the same theme, another voice that we need to listen to, who is not a Christian, Mahatma Gandhi once said, everybody knows what Jesus taught except for Christians. What a good line. We red-letter Christians basically are saying we want to be faithful to what Jesus taught us in the red letters. In many of the old Bibles, the words of Jesus, the teachings of Jesus are highlighted in red letters. We call ourselves red-letter Christians because we're trying to be faithful to them. If you ask me, hey, Campolo, Do you live out the red letters of the Bible? I have to, with great embarrassment, say, I'm trying, but no, I don't. Whenever I sign a book, I always sign the book Philippians 3, uh, 13, 14. And it reads like this, not as though I have already attained, not as though I have already reached the goal, but forgetting those things which are behind. I press on to the high calling of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Jesus Christ called us to a high calling, to live out the red letters of the Bible, to live out the Sermon on the Mount, as recorded in the 5th, 6th, and 7th chapters of Matthew. He calls us to this high calling, and I'm pressing towards that goal. There was an old hymn we used to sing in our Baptist church in Philadelphia, and it was this. It was, I'm pressing on the upward way, new heights I'm gaining every day. I'm pressing on to higher ground, higher ground. I'm not there. And the chorus was, O Lord, lift me up and let me stand by grace on Cana's table land. Oh, what a good thing to sing. We're not there yet. We're not there yet. We're in the process of becoming. So whenever anybody asks me, Campolo, are you a Christian? I say, if you mean by Christian somebody who accepts the doctrines that were saved by the grace of God through Christ death on the cross. In that sense, I'm a Christian. But if you mean by Christian, as Soren Kierkegaard once said, if you mean by Christian, Soren Kierkegaard being a very famous 19th century uh, philosopher, theologian, if you mean by Christian what Jesus expects his followers to be, who then is a Christian in any generation? There might be four or five. Well, I, I agree with him. I'm striving to become a Christian, and that's why I need to surrender my life to Christ I need to be yielded to the Holy Spirit for Christ in me, the Holy Spirit empowering me will enable me more and more to approximate the lifestyle that Jesus has prescribed on the Sermon on the Mount. Well, we're coming near the end of the show. Uh, This is Tony Campolo. I've done the show all by myself um, because Shane is out preaching someplace in the world. He's, He's an itinerant preacher that almost travels nonstop these days. And, uh, 
uh, but I'm always here. And here I am on the show uh, telling you to become a Red Letter Christian. Go to our website, redletterchristians.org. Find out what this movement is about. It's about uh, Christians who hitherto have called themselves evangelicals. But in the world's eyes, evangelical means we support Donald Trump. Well, there are a lot of people who believe all that evangelicals believe, but do not support all the things that Donald Trump is about. Uh, We are not for putting uh, children in cages at the border of our nation. We are not uh, for the uh, withdrawing from all commitments to environmentalism. Oh, I could go down the list. That's for another show. We are committed to Jesus, and that's why we call ourselves Red Letter Christians. I broadcast from Eastern University. I hope some of you on the other side of the pond will consider coming to Eastern University. We have graduate studies, and uh, you might be interested in that. We're running out of time, aren't we? How much time do we have now? 20 seconds. All I can say in the next 20 seconds is Jesus loves you. I love you, and I don't even know who you are. Jesus said, blessed are those who love those who they can see. More blessed are those who love those they cannot see. That makes me more blessed because I love you people on the other side of the top pond who take time to listen to our show each week. Blessings on you. Have a good day. Walk with Jesus. Live out the teachings of Jesus. That's your command from on high.